and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. PK, yeah. the question of the day. It's opening day for Major League Baseball. What's two-word phrase in all the sports that could possibly be better than opening day? Well, I don't think there is one when you factor all in. Now, opening day, the way I view opening day, doesn't necessarily apply this year because opening day obviously is usually in the first week of April. And I believe you're in the same boat. When we get to April, I just feel better. I want to be outdoors, and this means we get to be outdoors. Baseball and golf are firing up, and you don't do those in bad weather. Two words. Two words. Ball eligible. I really believe at that point, Kyle could have said anything. He could have said <laughs> yeah, two words, two words, jock itch. Rah! I think they would have gone nuts at any point. Really? Jock itch. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, as an ex-athlete, I had a bad case. I mean, I I put stock in Crew X. You remember old Crew X? No, I don't. Why? Because you weren't an athlete. That's my <laughs> whole point. <laughs> you walked right into that. I did. <laughs> I really don't, though. Four years of high school basketball, I don't remember that. <laughs> so he could have said anything, and they would have gone crazy. Uh, nacho cheese! Yeah! <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> so opening day conjures up an image. It is, it's beautiful. It's that speech that... The ultimate voice, and the ultimate voice clearly is James Earl Jones. I don't know that there's ever been anyone who's had a better voice than James Earl Jones. When he's given that speech, it was all that was good, and it can return. Oh, my gosh. My whole body. So deep, so authoritative. It just froze. Yep. I was taken away to a place I've never been before the first time I saw that. And that's what I view as opening day, man. Fathers and sons, children and playing outside and doing what they're supposed to do get out of freaking inside video game garbage and that's what i view as opening day it's a little bit different this year because obviously it's coming and we've already had that form of weather for several months but opening day it's it's my favorite two word phrase in sports there's no two word phrase in sports that's better Give us your nominees, and PK will swat them aside because he's already decided. March Madness. Truth. Barry says March Madness. Except if you don't go, did okay, University of Utah Basketball 2020, March Madness. Yeah. Good. Nah. Right. But opening day applies to all. Do you realize that today is opening day in baseball and there's never been this many teams this late in July tied for first place. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Yes. There are, yes. Even then, we got this young and upcoming producer, Lloyd, who's trying to make his mark in his business. He's a big Giants fan. And even he has to consent to the fact that the Dodgers have a chance this year. That's this true. This late. Yeah. Even right see? now, right now, this moment, the Dodgers have a shot. That's what I'm talking to about. To win it all. Opening day re- represents hope for all that is good. 
March Madness, yeah, for those teams that are going, but for those that aren't, it's another Utah, another disappointing season of no March Madness. So what else you got? That, that I barely even broke a sweat on that one. John says, bowl eligible, signed anonymous Ute. <laughs> two words, two words. Two words, two words. Bowl eligible. Yeah! <laughs> Man, that team is just going nuts. <laughs> How do you not when he says it with such vigor? I <laughs> know. <laughs> Plus, for people who don't remember it, they just beat SC. They were 6-1 and one, coming off a couple of 5-7 and seven seasons, so. Six and one, and the sky was the limit. I think they ended up winning nine that year. <laughs> That's a pretty good season. Yeah. Uh, but just the way he said it, man, I, I would have run through the wall. In fact, I was in the adjoining room, and I thought about running in there and just <laughs> chest bumping everybody. Uh, the way that, and I don't know how it'll be with the new south end zone, but in the old locker rooms, the wall between where the media sits and waits, and they let us in there, and then we usually wait for a pretty good chunk of time. But the wall just can't be that thick because we hear a lot through that wall. We don't hear the visitors at all, but we hear the home team all the time. Well, when they win, yes. When they win, yeah, and they're in there singing and, yeah. It's always good. I feel good for them when they win, and then the family comes in and everyone's happy. And at this stage in my life, I just want everyone to be happy. No, stop. <laughs> You're not there yet. Maybe in another 10 years. No, you've I'm there. You've mellowed out over the last 10, so I can't say what the next 10 holds, but you're not to the point where I want everyone to be happy. You're not there yet, PK. I can see it. Maybe. I'll, I'll grant you that. I don't know where you'll be in 10 years. I just hate the fact that we have to have a loser every time the colleges get together. I don't think you do. I don't think you do. You no, don't, I'm, you don't I, hate it when Oregon loses. You don't hate it when Arizona loses. <laughs> Certainly don't hate it when USC loses. I, I've, I've softened my stance and my hatred of SC, though, since I'm not down there anymore. Uh, I like Clay Hilton because he's a grinder. He's not a celebrity. Well, so you, you would love to go the other way, and so many people are so down on him. You can't help yourself. You're probably right on that. No more I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, okay. I, I, I'll, I'll agree to that, actually. But, I mean, he's a football coach. He's not a celebrity. He's not. No, but they want he, a celebrity. I, I know. That's why it, 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 right now you're right. I do want him to succeed. Yeah. I mean, I don't want him to beat the Devils, but I, I want him to succeed. But if he, well, this isn't a 12-game season. But in, in a normal 12-game season, if he went 10-2 and and lost to Utah and ASU, you would consider it a perfect season. Yeah, I don't know if they would. I don't no, know they wouldn't. Gr- they wouldn't at all. Can you imagine if they beat Alabama and Notre Dame and didn't win the division because they lost to ASU and Utah? Yeah, they'd be mad at Clay Helton. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like for him the fate is inevitable. It does. It's just I don't know if it's this year, next year, whatever. Right. But when you're expected to go 12 and zip every year, I mean, and, and, and no one, no one in the conference since it's gone to 12, zero has gone 9-0. and but he's supposed to. I know, but no one has done it. I know. And then it's canceled now, but they give him Alabama and Notre Dame on top of that. So good luck with that. Well, right there, yeah. I think they, you know, I would have liked their chances against Notre Dame. And I don't know where they get, I forget where it would have been played this year. But, uh, you know, the Alabama game was going to be tough. Although, you know, if they have a new quarterback for Alabama, maybe now was the time. I, start, oh, I can tell you this. Uh, I would be pulling for SC to win that game. And if you would have gone back to my time in L.A., under no circumstances ever. <laughs> I would have pulled for them. <laughs> no, because all those Trojans that I worked oh, with just everywhere. drove me nuts. 
and I hated him. I told you about the one time ASU won in overtime, and I was talking to I so I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, SC grad that I worked with at the Daily Breeze, and there was a controversial non-call, and he says, "Oh, well, the refs favor the underdog." Well, I think that was the freaking Rose Bowl year or something. I said, "You freaking idiot! They were favored, but that's your cocky, condescending." entitled attitude that SC has in terms of, well, they always favor the underdog the refs do. The Devils were favored that year, and he just assumed. And I'm screaming at him. He's down in Southern California, and I'm on my house in Sandy screaming at him. My wife's thinking, what the heck's going on here? <laughs> when uh, we do these Zoom calls a couple of times a month with uh, college friends, and one of one of the guys, his daughter just graduated from USC, and finally it happened. <laughs> one of the guys is like, and Dennis, we've never gotten to the bottom of this. Why did you send her to USC? How did you do that? And Dennis, it wasn't easy. <laughs> we all just started laughing. Yeah, but I have softened. I do want to see Clay Helton succeed. But I'm f- conflicted to what level because, I mean, I want the Devils to win it and the Devils can't win it. I certainly want the Utes to win it uh, because having SC win it really does nothing for us. Whereas personally, if the Devils win it, that'd be great. And professionally, if Utes win it, that'd be great too. So those are my two choices. Those are my two favorite teams because professionally, when these teams win, it's great for our business, and that matters to us. Plus, I've got I've know people there. I know it's funny. I know I know some people more than you may think, <laughs> <laughs> and so I want to see them do well. It's the whole question of whether you like Utah or BYU is so misplaced. It's not even the right question. If they only knew. And we're kind of telling you right now, but whatever. Yeah, I know, but they still hold on. Did you get the other day when we were talking about BYU? Didn't you get a, a tweet that said mm-hmm. that's so obvious I'm such a cougar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, still. Yeah. And and cougar fans are sure I hate them, and you fans are sure I love the cougars. So I don't know how to tell you something. Well, see, that goes back to my original statement. I want to see everybody happy. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Justin Zanuck, Utah Jazz General Manager at 945. Ow! Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net! Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Jazz play the Phoenix Suns tonight in the first of their three exhibition games in Orlando, Florida. Game tips, scrimmage tips at 6 p.m. You can watch it on AT&T Sportsnet with Craig Bowlerjack, Big T Thurl Bailey. You can listen to it on The Zone with David Locke. Scrimmages uh, yesterday, Denver Nuggets rookie Bull Bull, 16 points, 10 rebounds, 6 blocks, and the Nuggets beat the Wizards, 89-82. Lou Williams has it going. He had 22 as the Clippers beat the Magic, 99-90. Pelicans rookie Zion Williamson undergoing daily testing outside the bubble after leaving due to a family medical emergency. According to the team, he fully intends to rejoin the club. As long as he's tested daily, he'll be subject to a four-day quarantine upon returning to Orlando. Without him, the Pelicans routed the Nets 99-68. to That's your back-to-basketball update presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! 
with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Howard Beck from the Bleacher Report. What do you think about MVP, All-NBA, that sort of thing, only taking into consideration the season before the shutdown? It's a mistake. I think the NBA blew this one, frankly. The eight seeding games, as they call them, are going to count in the standings. That's why they're seeding games. <laughs> if the games count in the standings, and the stats that the players put up count in the all-time record books, and they will, and they count for things like the scoring title and the rebounding title and all that other stuff, then season awards should be based on those as well. This doesn't make any sense. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For many of our listeners, the daily grind begins at 6 a.m. sharp. Wake up! But for some of our uh, slightly less ambitious listeners, this segment is for you. These are your 9 o'clock Where the Heck Have You Been slacker headlines. Wake up! With DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. PK, it's time to catch you up to date on everything we're talking about in this show. And it's brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. PK, this just out. It's not much. Boy, talk about kicking the can down the road. They're only kicking the can about a foot down the road. The Sunbelt Conference announces it will delay fall sports until September 3rd. The first, <laughs> first football games are September 5th. But... There could be about 10 to 15 days of soccer and volleyball and maybe a cross-country race in there somewhere, too. So those have been delayed. Yeah, we understand that because some of those sports do start earlier than football. In fact, most of them do. Uh, so, yeah, we, we get that. Uh, so the football, uh, moving it back a few days, yeah. Uh, your guy, uh, Wilner, the hammer at the San Jose, is talking about how the conference Pac-12 is going to release their 10-game schedule next week starting the third week in September, and there's going to be the opportunity for uh, multiple buys depending on what happens as far as what you know the situation with the virus goes. So we've got that situation there, but that makes sense, and they'll play 10 games. They're going to try to anyway, although they might still go to the nine. You know, you, basically everything is, a, is just a, a blueprint or a guideline. It's nothing that's guaranteed. And we understand that. We've heard that they need ballpark four weeks of practice to get ready for the game. So rather than, and I guess this would be the ultimate kicking the can down the road, you know, (laughs) two or three inches at a time, but just say, uh, you know, everything's delayed four weeks out and it's just a floating time until they feel like they can start practice. And I don't know when teams are going to feel like they can start practicing, you know, as a, as a group. Now, I know they do the individual voluntary stuff and all that, but until they practice as a group, but just kind of have it floating until then. The whole, hey, well, we're going to delay it till January. Well, what if there's a chance to play a few games in November and December? You know, why, why make a decision? I mean, I'm laughing about the Sun Belt here, but at the same time, why make a decision until you have to? You know, the, the health factors are important. The business factors are important. So nobody's health is jeopardized by them delaying things until September 3rd. And if the next thing they do is delay it until September 10th, that doesn't jeopardize anybody's health. So just kind of just kick it down the road a little bit at a time. I mean, it was funny to read that. But at the same time, that probably makes about as much sense as anything else I've heard. 
Yes, I was a little distracted while you were talking because right now ESPN is talking, are the Jazz a title contender in the bubble? I got my television here at home and I turned up the sound trying to listen because they had Gobert. They had a little one-on-one interview with Gobert and uh, talking about the relationship with Mitchell. And uh, he was saying, you know, when bleep happens, we've got to have each other's back. And he, you know, he said the S word. He said the S word twice, actually. Hey, now. And to bleep that out. And so now they're talking. They are. They're talking about uh, my positive test was kind of the domino that made Adam Silver and all the other sports leagues shut down. What's his Max Kellerman? He's talking about it. So the Jazz is getting a little publicity. But, yeah, I agree with everything you said on the football, although I only had, in all honesty, I only had one ear because I thought this other thing was important. Just trying to do both and trying to listen to two separate conversations, <laughs> that's hard. Uh, I think the answer to are they a title contender, it hurts to say it, but the answer is no. Well, they were talking about before the Bogdanovich injury that he viewed them as an outside title contender. Mm. I just think the path where you have to beat the Clippers or the Lakers, and then you have to beat the other one, and then you have to beat the Bucks. I mean, maybe you'll maybe you'll get some help, and one of them will get upset, and you won't have to play all three of them in a row. But that's the kind of path that makes me think: are, are the Nuggets title contenders? No. Are the Rockets title contenders? No. That that path is brutal. If there's going to be somebody outside of those three, just for the path alone, I would say, well, the winner of the Boston Toronto series. Whoever comes out of that, assuming that they stay as the second and third seeds where they sit right now. Yeah, I think you might factor in a little bit of the no travel, the games in the same sites. Maybe that has a difference. It's completely and totally unknown. You've got nothing to base it on. There's zero precedent. So except who knows? That, except you always love to say, and you're right, talent matters. And so yeah, that I've, doesn't, I've always that doesn't change. It, You've still got to be really talented teams. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that was in a circumstance that was normal. This is an completely 100% unique, so I have no basis. I've always believed over the course of a seven-game series, yes, the better team will win, and most of the time. I mean, it's, I would say it's probably 90% of the time, and I've always believed as far as the NBA title, if you needed home court, you weren't good enough. Well, now you don't have it. Now you don't. Yeah. So what <laughs> does this? If I had some frame of reference to draw upon, maybe I could uh, expound on it. But I have zero, so I don't know. Maybe this time, all that stuff that I've held true and believed, maybe it's not true this time. Maybe it is, and we still see Milwaukee and the Lakers or Clippers in the finals, and have at it. And if that's the case, I can live with that. Uh, I can live with whomever because I think it's uh, it's going to be grueling to go through it no matter what. And a seven game series and four of them, geez, I mean that that I don't know that there's anything tougher in sports. That's really. a real it's a real test. You don't luck your way through that. You don't fluke no, your way through. It's that. freaking two months worth of basketball. Uh, it's crazy. They they managed to show Gobert touching those mics three times. <laughs> this. Three times. Three times. They're still going on now. I mean, what's his face? Perk. I wanted. To, I would love to hear what Perkins says because usually he says stuff off the wall. Uh, but I've got the headphones on right now. But they're still talking about it. And they've got Mitchell showing him taking jump shots. There. You talk for a little bit. I'll see what Perkins says. All right. You find out what Perkins says. I mean, yeah, he says off the wall stuff. But you know, you need someone in the mix who says off the wall stuff. If it's all sane and grounded and rational, you might tip over and fall asleep. So. 
That's you need what we have PK says, for, right? You need see. <laughs> need someone who says off the wall stuff. I knew he's off headset, so I can do that. Absolutely. <laughs> Take your shots now, and go. Well, he's been calling you the young producer and all that. So, uh, Yawk is uh, Yawk has turned a three day weekend into a four day weekend. So we have Lloyd here with us this morning on his way to Fort Lauderdale. Lloyd will now do uh, will now double down with Hands and Scotty from ten to two. And then I'm going to hang out for some of the jazz game tonight, too. So. <laughs> just pitch yeah. a tent, Lloyd. Yeah, just going to hang pitch out Pitch a tent. Uh, I'm interested to see how they can spin it that the jazz are title contenders because it just seems missing Bogdanovich with the West stacked as it is. And the thing is, I probably irritated fans of other teams. I mean, there's a few fans for every team driving around Utah. No matter, no matter what jazz game you go to, there's always somebody wearing the opposing team's uh, colors. We don't know who the jazz will play in the first round, but whether it's the Thunder or it's the Rockets, possibly it could be the Nuggets or Mavericks. I think those two opponents are less likely. I think it's going to be the Thunder or the Rockets, but there's a chance it could be Denver or Dallas still. It could certainly play out that way. Now, that in itself will be a tough test, and getting through that first round series would be an accomplishment that should be celebrated. But for the purposes of the title discussion, I didn't mention that. I went screaming right past that, straight to the potential second-round series with the Clippers or the Lakers. I'm back. You're back. Good, because we got to go to break. <laughs> I mean, I can keep going. we got to go to break, because we got the, the Jazz GM, Justin Zanuck, join us on the other side of these commercials. So summarize it for it, because we don't have any time now. Well, I kept calling them Go Bert. <laughs> no. Okay, so right away, I don't care what they think of the Jazz. If they if they think he's Go Bert, then they don't have any... Well, it's kind of Go Bert. It wasn't Go Bert, but it also wasn't Go Bear either. Oh, my goodness. Good Perkins. I think Perkins was sticking up for the big man, because he's a big man. He's talking about, you know, when he's there, you got to get him the ball because not only does that affect your offense, then he doesn't give you quite as much on defense. And Snyder has got to get those two together because if they can't get together, one of them's got to go. We know that. Yeah. I think if it comes to that, Gobert's the guy going. I think that all makes sense. The only thing I would say is I don't know that Quinn has to get them together. You know, They either want to get together or they don't. Now, if they want to, it's up to Quinn to help make it happen, but the most you of this... You call eight, them in, don't you think? Yeah, but, but 80 or 90% of this is on the two guys. You know, they know okay. how to get along with a teammate. Now, if they want to, then there's some things you can do to maybe accelerate that and help that along, and that does fall on the coach. But if they don't want to get along, you know, and two people don't want to get along, a third person can't, well, I'm going to fix it, and you're going to get along. Right. No, I no. understand that point, but if you listen to what Gober said, <laughs> Gober wants to get along. <laughs> Yeah, I think they want it. I think I think that the, the I think I think that's true. How well they get along. Let, let's find out how much they win, because winning. Oh yeah, winning Suck, tends man. to make guys get I along. I hate you, but we win. All right. Yeah. All right. I, I'm sort of liking this new kid producer too. I don't know. Well, we'll see if we win. Then yeah. we'll figure it out. Justin Zanuck, Utah Jazz GM, joins us next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It's been a long four months. Welcome back. Oh, Donovan, don't do me like that. But finally, the NBA is back. Back up and hammer. That is filthy, Rudy. Catch every second of every moment of Utah Jazz basketball. 
as the Jazz resume play from the bubble in Orlando. Your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Justin Zanuck, Utah Jazz General Manager. Justin, good morning. Good morning, DJ. How are you? I am good. Get to the hard-hitting question first. You ready? Whatever you got. Do you like it when PK calls you Jay-Z on the radio? I can't get away from it. I'm fine with it. <laughs> it could be a lot worse, frankly. It could be a lot worse, but that's, that's the name that seems to fall... Follow me around. <laughs> so I'm good with it. PK, you got the go-ahead. You can call him Jay-Z. Good, yeah, because I think, you know, that can help you. Just sounds, it makes you sound more hip as you get into free agent stuff. Uh, what is your initial impression of the bubble in terms of how it's working, and what do we expect going forward as far as safety? Not much of an issue? I don't think it's much of an issue at all, knock on wood. Um, the NBA is has a long history of putting on very good events. This is unprecedented in terms of length, uh, time in which they had to put it together. Um, I know, you know, you've heard Adam multiple times and other spokespeople for the NBA talk about the health and safety of the players first and foremost, and they've lived that every day um, with the protocols that they've set up. I, you know, I personally, our players feel very, very safe here. Um, and it's allowed us to concentrate on getting back into the flow of things and, and really competing. But um, it's it's a great setup, it's, you know, given the circumstances in the country and the world, for them to be able to pull this off and have basketball again. It's it's a great accomplishment by the NBA, and they deserve a ton of credit for it. When you use the word competing, obviously people start thinking about wins and losses, and they think about, well, how do you replace Bogdanovich playing 33 minutes, uh, shooting the ball really well, 15 shots a game, and we were debating several different guys who could help pick up the slack. I was curious when you look at Jordan Clarkson, he's playing 25 minutes a night. Does he have the body to play 30 or 35? I mean, obviously he couldn't in any one game, but over time, would he get worn down uh, given the bubble, looking at, you know, 15, 12 to 15 games to get through a, just the first round into the second round? Could he do it over that time period? What do you think? I think we're going to find out a lot about our team. I've kind of looked at it in four different phases. You know, you've got the ramp up of us, you know, initially getting here and being able to practice together for the first time in three, four months. It's one stage. Second stage is, you know, starts tonight with our first scrimmage. And we've got three games there. Um, to kind of get used to the environment, get used to rotations, get used to guys just playing together again in competition. And then third phase is those seeding games where we're basically playing every other day. I do believe we have a stretch towards the end where we play three and four, and then we have the playoffs. So to get to your question, I think it's going to be, you know, we're going to find out a lot about how guys can hold up. I do believe that they all showed up in very good shape. I think the altitude draining has been an advantage for us. And our coaching staff will be prepared to play any sorts to absorb those minutes, the, the shots with Boya. And I think it'll be by a committee. But at the premise, yeah, I think Jordan can play any role that the team needs and he's willing to. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. That may not 
be what you see tonight or, you know, even in the next you know, five, six, seven games and be playing a lot of different guys to figure out what works and then what matchup we're going to have in the playoffs because that's when it's really going to, you know, really going to matter. So when I look at this team without Bogdanovich, I look at the guy who has been asked to do what he does with Bogdanovich, and now without Bogdanovich, the guy who's capable of giving more because he'll be asked more, to me, I go to right to Royce O'Neal, and I'm expecting him to come up big. Well, Royce is, you know, we've kind of said all year, whether privately or publicly, that we've had six starters, um, and so now we have five. When you include, you know, Royce and then Jordan and, and everybody else, so I think you may see different lineups with different matchups. We're certainly not as big. We're a little smaller, but Royce has been able to play and guard multiple different positions. But, yes, he's, he's going to have a, a load, and he'll be one of the guys to take some possessions from Boyan's um, absence, along with Jordan and Mike Conley and Don. It'll be a team, it'll be a team effort that way, and uh, Joe will have a big role too. So I'm excited to see it, and then we'll also have some development of some some of our younger players that have less experience, they'll be able to get some good reps and experience here during this whole time. Justin Zanuck, Utah Jazz general manager, joining us. Uh, Mike Conley obviously had the rough start. Uh, then he got hurt. But if you look at the game-by-game stats, those last 13 games or so really kind of stand out. His scoring was up. Shooting percentage, the three-point shooting percentage was up over 40%. He's about 17 points a game. Do you project him to improve on some of those numbers even more, or do you think that was best-case Mike and you just need, after this four-month layoff, for him to get back where he was in those last dozen games or so? You know, Not to put any expectations on him, but he's a complete pro, as you guys know. Um, certainly it took a little bit of time uh, for his body and for his role on the team for him to figure it out. I think he figured that out well before the stoppage. And uh, he's continued his routine during during the quarantine and hiatus periods, and he's shown up in great shape and a great mindset. And I think, you know, he's – we've never internally worried about Mike Conley and what he brings to us uh, on and off the court. So I'm excited for him. He's in he's in a good place, and frankly, it's almost like a second training camp. It's almost like the second year of his contract here, a little early, where he's had plenty of time to integrate and know, and doesn't have any physical issues as well. So I think all of that being put together, he's poised to to have a good run here. So. Scouting and evaluation for future, it never ends, right? And you're always going on. I'm wondering with Walt Perrin gone, how is that going along? Well, Walt, you know, certainly is a tremendous loss for us. Uh, We were very happy for him. Um, I think he'll be a great asset for the Knicks. And one of the best things that Walt has done uh, for us here, not only helped us pick good players and and have such a great – demeanor and and just a great co-worker and great colleague to work with he's done a great job of of mentoring and and helping along some of our younger guys and people in the front office and uh you know a little bit like boyan where it's going to be you know by committee that will replace you know his work and his uh his expertise but he's taught our young guys some great lessons and we've been working hard um 
towards the draft and obviously evaluating going into the off season, which will, will be shorter and will looks like we'll have a, a quicker restart next year from all reports. So uh, we've taken the time in the quarantine period and hiatus period to really grind on some film and and uh, whether it be college or free agency and and as you said, you know the evaluation never stops and how we do down here and taking the bulk of the season before and taking a look at that. But he'll be missed, but uh, we've got a bunch of guys that we, we work as a collective and we'll be okay for right now. But certainly I, I miss him every day when I, when I don't get to see him in the office. How much did you miss most of the conference tournaments, all of the NCAA tournament? How much does that hurt evaluations and how much might it hurt next year if this coming college season is impacted? I don't think it, you know, Look, my last game, as an aside, my last live in-person game was the final between San Diego State and Utah State. It was a great game. To, if I was going to miss a last college game, that was a great one to, to be at. But, you know, most of the teams had played 25 to 30 games, so we had a bunch of film to evaluate. I think the, the difficult part is going to be more what's coming is, you know, no summer league, no – you know, rookie training camp, you know, training camp in the off season's truncated. So, you know, I think we'll be able to have plenty of information as this goes on to make a good selection. And I think the tough thing is going to be for these players who haven't played since March and really haven't been in an NBA environment, the draft's going to be mid-October. And then at least right now, camp opens November 10th, you know, 25 days later, which normally is you've got a draft and late June and camp starting beginning of October. So you have three months, more than three months to integrate rookies. And now that's going to be truncated. So what, what kind of shape these guys come into? Um, Cause obviously we haven't been able to have contact other than interviews and, you know, evaluating them on film, but what kind of shape they come into their mindset and they're going to get thrown into the fire quick. So how they adjust will be important. When you're in management of anything, really, and it's pro sports probably no different than whatever, you end up taking on many hats, you know, counselor, psychologist, talent evaluator, uh, somewhat of a parent, all sorts of stuff. I'm wondering from a management perspective, has the management of the Jazz spent a lot of time or any time, much time, counseling Gobert and Mitchell? I mean, look, certainly, you know, since we work with them and, and they're our partners and helping, you know, build a competitive team, we've spent a lot of time, you know, preparing and from a team aspect of, uh, you know, and really being there to support each other. Uh, they've been great. Um, what happened happened and they've been able to spend time together and it's been seamless here. Um, it was seamless before when we were all together in Salt Lake. So, you know, as a front office role, it's really to support um, and help in whatever way we can. It's, it's a role of service in its idealistic part, whether that's the coaching staff, players, ownership, um, community, our fans, however we can help um, move the team forward and together. So no more than normal uh, as far as whatever we do and, and continue to do down here or, or back in Salt Lake. Um, We've got a, a, a good group of people and high-character guys that are talented, first and foremost, and two like to play together. And uh, all the guys here are just really excited to be together again. You know, they, they miss each other after being away for three months. 
I'm sure you can't definitively answer this question. I'd be shocked if you could. And yet any hint that you could give people, I think they'd appreciate. But you mentioned the fans. How far away are we? What has to happen before fans get to go to NBA games again? Because certainly there's some fans here who love doing that. Sure. I wish I could be definitive about it. Uh, But, you know, as Adam has said, and and the rest of the league will follow public guidance and and, – their ability to tell us what's going to happen and try to help with 20 and 21. And obviously, as soon as we know, I know our players are dying to play in front of our great fan base. And uh, we're hoping that that can happen. Um, I, but we just we don't have any timeline uh, of what that looks like. A lot of that's probably going to be public health. And, uh, you know, what we are excited about right now is that we can get back on the floor and that even though it's from a little farther away here in Orlando that our fans are going to be able to see our guys play starting tonight at 6 o'clock Mountain. So. Yeah, with no uh, home or away when we get to the postseason, how much do you think seeding is going to matter relative to where it used to be? Uh, the number's not going to matter. I mean, it's going to be the matchups and what those are projected, and we'll see how those shake out. Obviously, every team's got to get back going and, and playing together and, and be in a good place. Obviously, you're hoping that you peak uh, come playoff time and that you're in a good place, and then we'll play who we got to play. Um, so it'll be, I think it'll be really interesting looking at different teams, how they manage these scrimmage games and the seeding games, uh, whether it's targeted. But for us, we just want to concentrate on being able to be at a place where we're playing very well together and we know what we want to do and we're connected and most importantly, healthy, uh, which so far has been the case. Well, Justin, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on. Love to talk to you again in the future, and uh, we'll be watching the games and the scrimmages, but then the games. Anytime. Miss you guys. Yeah. (laughs) See you later, (laughs) Jay-Z. Justin Zanuck, Utah Jazz GM, joining us. PK, we got just a minute before the show ends, and Hans and Scotty come in. Any takeaways from that? Anything jump out at you you want to comment on? Yeah, I think they're excited to compete, and they want to see what they can do. I mean, I realize Bogdanovich is gone, and everybody knows that, but I don't think there's any concession. It's what they do. It's what the players do. You know, the front office, they front office, right? The coaches coach, the front office, front offices, and just even though it's odd, it's good to be back at it. Yeah, and they're excited about competing to show what they can do, where they belong. Uh, it's not like they're in a complete no-lose situation, but they are going to be. They were going to be an underdog anyway. Now they're going to be more of an underdog. So you know, they're always Jerry Sloan. Let's see what you got. I, I find a a sense of attraction and in uh, intrigue into all that. DJ and PK, we're out of time. Hands and Scott are your next. Have a good weekend. We'll see you Sunday night on Talking Sports and back here Monday morning on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the Zone.